0: Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show.
1: Classic Hits.
0: Uh, A couple of weeks ago, well actually it's more than a couple of weeks ago now, it's only a month since I've been on holidays, isn't it? Yeah, while I was away on holidays when Tara was filling in with me, she spoke to Rachel Champ about her gynecologist telling her that a hysterectomy wouldn't even be considered an option for her debilitating period pain uh, based on at the time the fact that because she's in a same-sex relationship that maybe at some point she may change her sexual orientation. Yes, I kid you not. That was suggested to her. Um, So just to get a bit of an update and Rachel, lovely to talk to you. You're an Ireland's classic kid. So are you doing, Rachel? Hi, how are you? I, I'm sorry that I missed uh, the opportunity to talk to you the last time. And I suppose it might be a good idea, just in case any listeners are tuning in for the first time, give us just a little bit of background again. I know you've kind of told the story before to us, but I suppose on a, on a brief back pain, uh, background, you've had serious yes. period pain since since what? Well, obviously, since your period started, obviously.
1: Since I was 10 and I'm 27 now, so it's been 17 years of crippling pain. Yeah, I'm getting worse as I'm getting older. Yeah. So it hasn't been fun.
0: Okay. And have you gone to doctors in the past about that before you went to this particular doctor?
1: Yeah, so I like had seen my G P like regularly from the age of ten up until like I was twenty three, twenty four and had just been told all along, you know, it's normal, like that's just normal period pain, you're a woman, like that's just get you just over it to like learn to deal with it. Yeah, um, just given different you know types of the pill, and been told you know try this painkiller and try that painkiller, and eventually I I stopped going because I was like, well, if my doctor keeps telling me it's normal, like it, it must be normal, like they they know better than I do, so I, yeah. I stopped. Right until I was twenty five and I had my first smear test done, and I spoke to the woman that was doing it and like gave her my history, and she was like, no, do you know what? that's actually not normal? You shouldn't. You shouldn't be in that much pain, like that. yeah, yeah, so she referred me to my first gynecologist when I was twenty five okay, that was the first time I'd seen a gynecologist, and again, I had the same sort of um response from the gynecologist that um all my tests came back clear there were there didn't seem to be anything wrong with me, and I was told, oh you you know you should count yourself lucky, you don't have a chronic pain issue um um like so many other women do, and it's just normal period pain, and just get on with it, basically. Mm.
0: Okay, okay. So you're, the, the, when you spoke to a tar- when you spoke to Tara, you talked about a guy in a college is making reference to the fact that you're in a same-sex relationship. I suppose in your sexual orientation. And what exactly did he just suggest it, or did he just come out straight and say it to you?
1: So. I had basically been referred um, to the hospital last year by my GP because the pain was getting worse and obviously with COVID and the HSE, uh, attacks it took ages to actually get the appointment. So even though I was referred back in 2020, I only went in for the face-to-face appointment in 2020, in like November 2021. And I had basically said, you know, like if you can't tell me what's causing the pain and you've no idea how to stop it because it's been so long, like 17 years and I've tried so many different things. Mm-hmm. Um, at what point will we consider a hysterectomy? Because that is an option for like really... And had you considered
0: this yourself from a, uh, from a psychological point of view, the fact that obviously the hysterectomy would stop you ever wanting you know, ever giving birth yes. to a child. So you'd, you would um, already consider this yourself?
1: it's something i thought about for a long time obviously yeah, it's not a it's not a big it's not an easy decision to no make. not an it's overnight decision, decision certainly not no like the pain is having such an impact on my life and has done for so long i feel like i am really left with no choice you going to weigh up the pros her. and the
0: cons of this situation really yeah, don't you and yeah
1: that was my qu- i it wasn't i didn't go in there saying you know i want to have right now i was just like can you consider it? Really yeah, considered. is it
0: a consideration? Yeah.
1: And I expected, you know, to be told I'm too young. I was, I was ready for that. I was. What, you it, know, what is the
0: age? I I know with sterilisation and the snip for men, it's normally kind of thirty, isn't it? And they kind of they're they're a bit doubtful about. It. I don't know whether there's yeah. a hard and fast rule that they can't do it, but I know they are a bit weird about doing it under the age of thirty.
1: Yeah. All he had told me on the day was that he had never done a hysterectomy on someone who was my age, twenty seven, and that he never he never would, was his words. And my wife was actually with me on the day, and she asked then, okay, like, what age does Rachel have to be? What age? Like, are we talking, does she have to be 30? Does she have to be 35? Like, how long do we have to wait?
0: Yeah, what's the age, yeah.
1: At that point, then, he kind of backtracked and he's like, well, it's not just about age, you know, there are factors to consider. So I asked, what factors do we have to consider? And he said that he wouldn't want me to have any regrets, that you know, if my life circumstances change, like my sexual orientation wow. Wow. changes mm. and I leave my partner. Because, of course, you chose and... to be
0: a lesbian. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just decided one morning I woke up and said, yeah, I think I'll be it. a lesbian
0: today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll change my mind in a few years and go back to Maine yeah. again. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, okay. After
1: paying for a really expensive wedding, I've just decided it's it's not not for me. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, look, I do understand why a doctor might say, well, you know, they want to be 100% sure in case there's any regrets uh, when it comes to yeah. childbirth and a woman. And the same goes for a man, by the way, having a vasectomy as well. They, they need to be 100% sure. And the younger you are, the more cautious they are around that. I get that. But to yeah. suggest that, you know, you might change your sexual orientation and that's why I'm not I, going to do I it would have a, bit, had a bit odd.
1: absolutely no problem if he had given me a medical reason because I know there are some mm-hmm. risks involved in a yeah. hysterectomy like it can lead to osteoporosis. If you have your ovaries removed as well, you can end up It can also bring on
0: menopause as well, can't it? Exactly, yeah, yeah, if
1: you have the ovaries removed. So, like, I knew, and if he had sat down and been like, well, you know, these are, like, the medical reasons why it might not be the best option yet, I would have respected that, no problem, because obviously that's, he's a doctor, and he's there to tell me medical reasons, but obviously he has his own personal opinions that he let like basically affect what treatment I could get Was he I, was he,
0: I mean I know that, not that it's relevant but was he an older man or was he a younger doctor
1: I, I wouldn't have said he was that I would have said maybe like early to mid 40s so Because not, you know like
0: sometimes older doctors can be kind of yeah. set in their ways you know what I mean and yeah. maybe a little bit more conservative in their views and life and stuff like that as well I mean not that that should matter I mean they should take everybody and not be judging people of course
1: Yeah I anyway, he so, pushed them to say that my I wasn't in the right frame of mind to even make this decision because I'm in so much pain that my pain is clouding my judgment. So right. I'm not capable of making that decision. As you pointed out, you know, Geez, maybe, He really didn't
0: treat you like a grown-up at all, did he?
1: Yeah, <laughs> no. but we were like, well, maybe if the pain is that bad that I can't make any serious decisions, maybe we should look at doing something <laughs> yeah. to stop the pain. And uh, what
0: was your wife's reaction, by the way, when he said that?
1: Both of us were like stunned it kind of took a second for it to kind of sink in and the only thing like like either of us could say was like you know sexual orientation it just doesn't change and at that point we kind of felt there there was no more arguing there was no more like debating with him he had his mind made up that was it and I just said okay yeah that's fine like I'll I'll come back and see in six months like he said he wanted me to and we left and we both burst into tears as soon as we walked out the door. Okay. It was just incredibly frustrating. It is upsetting um, when somebody's
0: judging you, not, not from medical grounds, but judging you obviously yeah. on your sexual orientation rather than on yeah, medical exactly. grounds. Okay, so you obviously decided you would take this further. Obviously, when I say take it further, you wanted to go somewhere else and seek other, you know, a second opinion or so you went to the UK. So to give us a bit of an update since you talked to Tara, so what's mm-hmm. happened since?
1: So I flew out to London last um, Wednesday to see a specialist in London. And it was actually um, a lot of Irish women after even being on Talk to Tara like had reached out to me and messaged me. Like they had had similar experiences in Ireland and um, a common name that kept coming up was this one specialist in London that Irish women had have gone to see themselves. So okay. I said, OK, I'll reach out to him and see. So um, I had an appointment with him last. Um, My appointment was last Thursday and I went to get an ultrasound first um, and then I saw him like two hours after the ultrasound. But within two minutes of getting the ultrasound, the guy that was doing the ultrasound said, you know you have adenomyosis.
0: Okay, you need to explain that to us now. What's adenomyosis?
1: So adenomyosis is essentially where the lining inside your womb Starts to grow into the wall of your womb.
0: Oh my! Is, that, is that like I'll, a fibrosis or
1: one of those? You know, it, it's it's kind of like that, but okay. it, it's it's different. But it, okay. yeah, it would be along the same the same okay. sort of lines. But it is. I've I've had two ultrasounds recently in Ireland. I had one, and one at the of them end of October, this. and I had one on the twenty fifth of November when I, I was actually hospitalised due to pain in Mullingar Hospital, and no one picked it up. No one said it to me. And this guy, within two minutes, wow. he said, this is what you have. Have you not been told this? Right. And he said, it is really, it is, he said, it is uncommon in women in their 20s. It's more common in women in 40s and 50s. So he said, they may simply have just not been looking for it because they just assumed you, because you were young so young. Have yes. Yeah. Um. So when I went to see the consultant, then after the ultrasound, you know, he kind of went through everything and explained exactly what it is. And, um, Basically, we want to look and see if I also have endometriosis, which is where like the endometrial okay. tissue can grow outside of the womb, and yep. it can basically attach to other organs as well and um, can cause extreme pain. So um, the only treatment for adenomyosis is a hysterectomy. That's the only way to cure it. Okay. Because it grows inside the wall of your uterus, so the only way to get rid of it is to and, have a hysterectomy. And in some way...
0: It's good to hear that because you were looking for answers as to why you were in so much pain. Yeah. Uh, and obviously the solution being or the, uh, certainly a consideration then given to a hysterectomy. So this is a good thing. And I I spoke to somebody recently about that when they said they're going for an ultrasound. I said, I hope they find something because yeah. there's a pain. And if we find something, it's a good thing because you you identify what's causing the problem rather than it being bad news.
1: For so long I had been I had it in my head going, Am I making this up? Like so many people are telling me Everything's normal, there's nothing wrong, your tests are clear, like but did you get the impression it,
0: people were thinking there was some sort of psychosomatic illness or something wrong in your head? Yeah, <laughs> than, it,
1: it got to that point where I was like, Am I actually making this up? Like am I is this in all in my head? But it was so I can't put into words how validating it was to like, hear from the guy who did the ultrasound and then the specialist be like, No, this is definitely what's wrong. It's yeah. part of what's causing the problem. You could also have did you feel kind of? Wow!
0: Well? Did you feel kind of vindicated in some to some degree at that point? At least you know. when I oh, told them. Absolutely. I told them.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like it. Cost me like eight hundred, nine hundred euros for to see the specialist over there. And as soon as I was told that, I was like, okay, that was worth it. Like, yeah, I yeah, money do well it.
0: spent. Absolutely.
1: 10 times over again like first.
0: So So, what happens now to get the treatment or the hysterectomy can you now use that ultrasound or those results from that particular specialist here in Ireland to, to get that to the treatment that you require now?
1: That's what I'm looking into at the moment because I still don't know like the fact that I've had so many ultrasounds done recently and no one picked it up I don't know if it is going to be possible to have it done like the sur- the specialist in the uk wants me to come back over to him and have surgery with him basically to try and to diagnose endometriosis because he said you know everyone else has has missed the adenomyosis so he said there's every possibility it's been missed again so of course yeah um that would be kind of the next step that we're looking into is that and i'll, is I'll go back over to london and have surgery Okay, and so you're, then, you're opening
0: up the checkbook again there and then if you have to get the, a hysterectomy again over there, that's going to be quite expensive, isn't yeah. it? Yeah,
1: yeah. It's looking probably about six grand for the initial surgery and then if I have a hysterectomy, it'd be about nine grand. Wow. That's just for the surgery. And will, will the,
0: the HSE, you know, the, the way they, they give money for um, stuff abroad, will they give you anything towards that? Have you looked into that yet?
1: I've looked into it, but because the UK... Aren't part of the EU anymore. I don't oh, think course. they will. Right. Um, and even like the surgeon had said to me, he must do a lot of things. Obviously, what well, Irish women, because he even he knew like a good bit about different Irish like healthcare. Um, the we health only spoke to a girl her here, actually.
0: Yeah, but we spoke to a girl about th- two weeks ago. Um, a lady called Jody, who was on the airways, yeah. and she had to go abroad to Poland due to a fifty-two yeah. a week waiting list here.
1: And that's Same exactly reason. why, yeah. yeah, my appointment, my GP referred me in 2020 and I only had my appointment in November 2021. Um, so, it, like, it's it basically has said to me, like, I could come back over in February and have the initial surgery. And when in six months, if my pain doesn't go away, he'll do a hysterectomy.
0: And how do you feel kind of knowing that you, you know, what you know now, of course, and yet you had to go to broad to actually get a diagnosis. How, how do you feel now about that?
1: It's uh disappointing. Like, it's kinda of a fifty fifty split of being like like I said, feeling extremely like, vindicated that I know I was right and I that I kept pushing also dis yeah, disappointed and like upsetting that I had to leave Ireland to get do basic, that.
0: basic you know, female reproductive yeah. health care.
1: Only three weeks ago I ended up being hospitalized because of the pain that I was in. And the hospital were so dismissive. They basically said, they were like, there's nothing we can do for chronic pain. Um, Your tests have come back clear. They told me to go back to my GP and ask about getting a referral to a pain clinic for ketamine injections. No. Which is ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah,
0: well, that's not something you want to go down. You don't want to go down that road. No, definitely not.
1: So, like, even just... Even just basic, like, you know, if you turn up to A&E and you're in extreme pain where you can't walk and you're not getting the time of day from doctors, you know, who are like, no, everything's fine. So the fact that I can now go, like, if I do have to, I I can say, no, I have diagnosis, I know I have this, but it's, like, I'm only one of... I, well, I, the, I, I mean I'm delighted
0: it. for you that you've got the diagnosis To and I don't mean that in a bad way by the way I'm delighted that you have got the diagnosis and got to the bottom yeah. of what the problem is and there's an answer for you now and you feel somewhat vindicated but I'm not delighted to know that you're going to have to trump up the money most likely yourself um, yeah. you know to pay for this so that's, um, that's, so, that's so. what are you going to do there I mean I, I, I'm assuming you're not a multi-millionaire uh, no
1: if I was it would make it a lot easier it would yeah <laughs> um, I I said, you know, we kind of w- weighed up the options, and we, like, it's. I'm probably going to. I was supposed to start my masters in January, but I'm probably going to defer my masters now, um, because of the fact that I'm probably going to have two surgeries in 2022 and have to take time off and stuff. So, okay. um, in terms of trying to pay, like, it's it's worth it to get my life back and to do that, like, so.
0: Yeah, you want to be. We're if you're going to do your masters, you want to be focused on it, rather than yeah, have to exactly. know that you're back and forward for surgery. Um, and not only that, the financial aspect of it as well.
1: And well, I'm probably I haven't thought it through altogether, but some people have suggested setting up a GoFundMe mm-hmm. to try and raise funds. Yeah, the people do that, and it's quite
0: successful. Actually, quite to do it yeah. quite successfully. It's an a shame so you weren't doing good. it now. We could have given it a plug for you. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, it's it's in the works. Lots of people have have said it, so. It's probably I'm I'm waiting on like final figures from the surgeon on on what he yeah uh, reckons it's gonna it's gonna cost it, for the surgery. Is it not
0: just a case of maybe that's my ignorance? But is it not just a case of this particular surgeon in the UK sending a referral letter to the HSE to say, "Look, Rachel's been with me. We've done an ultrasound. We've established this is wrong with her." And, you know, she can come back to me if she wants to, but, you know, if she wants to get it done over there, there's all my notes, there's my referral, there's my, you know, expert opinion. I'm in the business, God knows, how many years. I'm a consultant, gynecologist. So just do it for her. Is it not just a case of doing that?
1: He said he can do all that, and he was like, it's absolutely an option I can do that, but he said you'll find it hard to get a consultant in Ireland who will want to take, on, take you on net after you go on abroad, because... Okay. Um, you're kind of undermining
0: they, them or something like that isn't
1: it? Yeah that they feel like you know well we've told you it's fine but you've right. gone somewhere else. And they that's a bit decided. childish
0: isn't it? <laughs> it's like you're undermining yeah, their opinion. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah but that's and he said you know if it comes to even like having a hysterectomy you know you'll find he said that's your trouble then like I said you could get a hysterectomy in Ireland he said you don't have to come back to me to get a hysterectomy like any gynecologist can do that but that your problem in Ireland is getting someone who's willing to do it, as yeah. you know. Like as I've I've had that struggle already. Even just and just about just it, finally so. and from
0: your own research in relation to getting a hysterectomy under the age of thirty in Ireland, and how common is it?
1: I have not been able to find anything right. about it at all. Okay. I think in like extreme cases, you know, in terms of like ovarian, like gynecology cancer, um, like that's when it
0: yes, is yes. more
1: common, but. In terms of just having like period pains and um, like gynecology issues like endometriosis and adenomyosis, it doesn't seem to happen under the age of 30 at all.
0: Okay, so there's obviously some sort of ethical reason why they, they don't seem to yeah, want to do Yeah, some
1: unwritten
0: Yeah, well, I I Yeah, I don't think there's a law it. or anything like that, I just think it's an ethical thing. Yeah. And I suppose it depends on the doctor, doesn't it, really, and, and the attitudes yeah you know anyway look I, I'm glad you're a little bit closer to getting to the bottom of the problem well you know the bottom of the problem but getting to a result and certainly some Just sort of there. closure on it and and I hope I suppose you are obviously prepared they, they've talked to you about you know a hysterectomy and obviously you know what can happen after that and the start of menopause and the hormones and all those exactly kind of like. but you yeah. are prepared for all that it would be better than the pain you're in at the moment I suppose is the way you're looking at yeah. it yeah right, but look I wish you well Rachel and, and again if you are setting up your GoFundMe let us know and sure, you're welcome to give us a plug and chat to us again and give us an update again on the situation. And there's many women around Ireland listening to you who are in very similar situation. And I think it's sad that we have women leaving this country all the time, you know, for re- reproductive issues that we should be able to deal with in this country without Definitely. any without any judgment, you know. Thank you very much, Rachel. I appreciate you coming. No
1: problem. Here. Thanks, Noel.
0: There, there you go. Rachel Champ. Uh, just like Jody, who was on there a couple of weeks ago with us and Rachel was on before as well just to, to give us an update obviously there it's very sad is that women have to leave the country um, you know to get sorted out with reproductive issues I mean the woman was in great pain clearly in great pain or she wouldn't have gone that far I mean realistically you know for anybody thinking for one minute that she wasn't in great pain or pain above the norm the very fact that she went to London and spent that amount of money and is willing to spend a lot more to get rid of that pain clearly shows the great pain that she was in so that should be dealt with and you know, she doesn't know if hysterectomy is the right answer. I mean, that's what she talked to her doctor about and asked her doctor to consider the option, or would it be as considered an option. But she was told by her own doctor, by the, the gynecologist in this country, ah, no, she wouldn't be considering that now, just in case you change your sexual orientation and you want to have a baby with a man. Sure, why would you want to be doing that? I mean, what a shocking way to be treating people. <laughs>